Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs, and I'll provide a little bit of color along the way. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief over at ArrowheadPride.com, and the 3-0 and Chiefs have turned their attention to the Detroit Lions. They're set to play noon Arrowhead time at Ford Field in Detroit, and this will be a quick episode of From the Podium because only Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes spoke from the podium on Wednesday. So we'll start with the Chiefs head coach. Here's Andy Reid from the podium. Right. Um, the guys that won't practice today are Fish and uh, Tyreek and uh, Damian Williams. Everybody else will be uh, out of practice. Before the challenge of playing Detroit, uh, we know they're they're a good football team. I mean, they're they're undefeated right now and, and doing a doing a heck of a job. My my echoes out to Matt Patricia. You know, he's uh, he's really changed that place around and and in uh, their personnel department. They've got good players. They got good coaches. They're playing hard, aggressive football. So our guys are starting today, uh, getting back in and making sure we study them and and go through uh, different phases we need to go through before we play for that time period. Coach, you had mentioned on Monday that the Lions were playing good football. What about what they're doing these last two weeks has really impressed you the most? Yeah, they play hard. They've got a good scheme. And then they play hard, and they tackle well. They've made a living off of turnovers on defense, and then offensive, offensively, they're scoring some points. So you got to make sure that you, you know, you stay on top of that. They've got, they've got a quarterback that has been around a while and knows the game, and, and they've got some skill guys that can can also play right there. And the special teams, you know, doing doing a good job too. Turnovers are turnovers, I guess, and they don't count. But it, there's maybe a little difference between then going and getting it and then someone making a mistake. Are they making a living by actually taking it away and things they're doing, forcing them? Yeah, well, they go, they tackle the ball, and the ball, you know, a few of these, but the ball comes out, and, um, and so yeah, fumbles have been one thing. We had a couple interceptions right in there, so that's also part of it. <coughs> You mentioned uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah, obviously, came from Coach Belichick, who you talked a lot about. Coach Holmgren was a big, uh, you know, that, that's your guy. How, how long does it take before you kind of find who you are? I mean, you're always going to be influenced by the people you came up with. But when did you? When do you feel like you were Andy Reid and not, you know, maybe the, the, the influence was less? That's a good question. I, mean, I have a smart aleck answer I can give you, but I'm not <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you develop your own thing. You put your own name on it, and, and you go. You do it as a player. You do it as a coach. Um, you probably any profession we're in. So it normally starts right away. You can't help but carry some things <laughs> over. But if you're copying somebody, then the players read through that, in particular when a player comes that was with you somewhere else, and then you got a problem. So uh, you've got to be yourself. But he's done that. I mean, he's done a nice job. He had, <clears throat> he had a big responsibility. Uh, with New England being a coordinator for the number of years that he was, so um, and you know, so I, I think he's kind of put his own mark on it. Yeah. And what have you noticed through three weeks between Steve Spagnuolo and Brendan Daly, sort of rotating upwards of eight guys in these first three games? Just how do you feel like the ideal rotation is going? On try, yeah, you try to keep guys fresh and throw fastballs in there. I think it's. You know, it's been good. It's good to get some of these young guys some experience in there too. And that pays off for you down the <clears throat> down the road. Uh, but I think they're playing fast and aggressive. They seem to have a good grasp of the 
<clears throat> concepts of skiing that we're trying to do. So, when when LeSean became available, you noted that he still showed burst on tape. Now that you've had him for a few weeks, what's different now than the last time you got him? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a couple of gray hairs, but he um, <laughs> he still has the vision and the shiftiness. He was never the fastest guy in the world. He's fast enough, but not that's not his game. His game is the great vision and an ability with a quick feet to move. And he still has that. He's got a burst, can catch. Um, I mean, we're not asking him to go every down. You know, we probably did that more in Philadelphia than. than what we're doing now, so I, I can't answer that part because he's he's in a rotation. So, um, but the vision and the, the feet are about the same. Yeah. The only <clears throat> rookie receiver you've had with more yards through three games than McCall Hardman was Deshaun Jackson. Is there anything that you see makeup wise, you know, whether it's physical or mental, that's kind of comparable between those two guys? The well, one thing is they're all legs. They have a little short torso, long legs, which is interesting, but uh, unique. And they don't, you know, they're they don't weigh a ton. You put them on a scale, they're not they're going to be like one of our legs. So <laughs> it's uh, uh, but they can run and run fast, and so um, and and they both have a good feel for the game. Both of them are smart guys. Deshaun's a real smart kid. Yeah, really smart kid. So. And can you speak to just Daryl Williams taking advantage of his opportunity? Yeah. Oh, so he played for us last year, kind of the same type of role, and he's just uh, kind of Mr. Consistent and tough. He, he, again, he's a smart kid, <clears throat> so he knows everything protection-wise that's going on. Um, patient runner, but when he goes, he, you know, he's gonna he's gonna hit you. He's bringing a lot of a lot of weight behind him, so he, he can put his shoulder down and get you a couple extra yards there. Andy, um, you seemed to be pretty impressed the other day with LaShawn McCoy's ability to get himself ready to play last week. Did he do anything above and beyond? Was there something about what the way he prepared himself last week to get him real? I think it's just a willingness to to spend time here. You know, that, that uh, he just stayed and worked it. It's one of those injuries where the more you work it, the better you're going to get, but it takes a lot of time and effort. And you got to kind of push through some things there that and he did. I mean, he he uh, he worked it, and as a result, he, he was able to play. But I think it's a good example to to guys. There are certain injuries you can't do that with. This is one that you can, and you're not going to hurt your career, or your you know, or your future to be able to walk or anything. Yeah. He's a guy that has not missed, as you know, a lot of time over the years. Um, is he just one of those guys? Maybe can push through some stuff. Yeah, I think I think it's that. That's a tough position to play. So you know, you're going to take a few hits now. He, He's quick enough, and that vision comes in handy, so he knows when to get down and and, uh, and then when to drop his shoulder and, and try to get extra yards. But he's been pretty good with that, um, you know, from even when he was young. So it, uh, it limits some of the unnecessary hits that you have to take. <clears throat> and on, um, on defense, some of your stats are already better than they were last year, but I'm, from a coach's view, I know you said the other day you think the turnovers will come, but from a coach's view, what do you see that tells you that this thing can get better? We're so close. I mean, you see it. You know, um, um, we're right there. We're getting our hands on the ball, or we're hesitant in, in some areas to go get the ball. And, and just, I mean, they're small things. And so I look at that and I go, man, you give that a little time, you trust that <laughs> Those things change. And, um, and some of the guys have been in the league, and I've seen it before, so you know that's going to come. Yeah. Right? You just know it's a, 
but that, that's uh remember things are like warp speed out there mm -hmm. so and it's happening right now in real time and uh and so there, there's, it's one of those things where you have to do it. You gotta keep doing it, and then it just becomes kind of second nature. So, so the improvement that you expect to see is mostly gonna be from turnovers, or are there other things that you see as well? No, well, no, but that was the one you asked me. So, okay. yeah, turn, um, you asked me about turnovers, so I'm, I'm saying that turnovers, you'll see improvement yeah. in that area. If, if we still have opportunities like the ones we've had, uh -huh. um, or have created opportunities like the ones we have, so by putting yourself in the right position. and. Uh, uh, but I think all overall, you're gonna, you know, the more they play in it, the you know, the better, better you get at it. Coach, you mentioned Matt Patricia making a mark against right now, coming from his coordinator days with the Patriots. What are some of the challenges for you as a play caller and also as, as a game planner, knowing that you are going against a guy who does like the scheme? Yeah, well, he's very good at it, and and so. You, uh, you can say, well, they played man coverage here, but they might come out and play cover two the next game. So you, you don't know. And uh, uh, so you, you make sure that you you cover all the bases with your guys. Um, and, and he's got, like I said, the scheme that they've got is, their base scheme is tremendous. So, and then they can go different directions with it. But, and he, he, I can tell by how disciplined his guys are and I know that defense well enough, what they're asking them to do, and uh, and they're doing those things. It's sound. Looks like the players trust it and believe in it. So, Coach, more guys. Coach, from a confidence standpoint, how big of a big uh, was it for Frank to get that first sack out of the way? Yeah, I th well, I, I mean, it was good. It was a that was a good sack. Um, uh, I mean, as much as he's doubled and f keeps fighting through it. Uh, I think that's where I, I look at it. I mean, I'm not into all the stat stuff, but I mean, that, that uh, uh, how many sacks he gets, but being around the quarterback and then having finally an opportunity to tackle him, that's a good thing. Yeah. You guys have faced a couple good running backs uh, defensively. This, uh, this is another workload back, heavy workload. Just how critical is it to set that tone early lower than yours to carry? Yeah, well, you, I mean, you, you know, that's what you you do. I mean, the players want to do it that way, and the coaches want to do it that way, and so they, you work on it. You know, I, I just, you know, I always give credit also to the to the other team for a reason. Because if they're good, then you know, I'm gonna tell you they're good. They're the number one offense and the number two defense. So I mean, it's not like, and, and then they're gonna win a lot of games, and so. It was a good football team. <clears throat> so much. Uh, Patrick was emotional at times, so kind of fired up at different times, maybe even you know, chatting with you and chatting with some of his teammates. Is that a, is that a good thing or is it something that he needs to, is that a sign he's getting more and more confident that he's maybe a little bit more animated uh, out there? Yeah, well, he's, he's been that way. I mean, he's, uh, he, he's competitive and he, he's the leader of that bunch and, and uh, he's the one that's on the field. And so, um, he wants certain things out of a play, then as a player, you've got to get those things done. And um, and so, and that's where my trust in him and the other coaches' trust in him comes in, that, that, that he's, you, you want to make sure you're demanding the right things. Obviously, you're in the game, and, and he's very good with that. I mean, that's one of his real strengths. So, and he's got that natural leadership ability and, and uh, you know, I think he does a good job with it. I think it weighs it well. If you do it every every play, then people are just going to turn you off. But he, I think he's got a good feel for it.
Last question. You've been throwing the ball a ton in the first half, and then in most of the second half, you've had the lead at halftime every game. You've been running the ball with a little more balanced attack. Is there a philosophical thing going on there whenever you're playing with the lead? Is there a certain point you start trying to maybe get a little more conservative in the play calling, or is it all situational? Uh, I'd probably tell you situation. I mean, every game's different, so I don't go in with that in mind. Um, just kind of go off the field there. So that's Chiefs head coach Andy Reid from the podium, and you could tell he, he's in a good mood. He's really excited that the Chiefs are 3-0 and and rolling here, but he's also focused on the Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia, a really defensive-minded head coach from that Bill Belichick tree. They really like to run the football. Uh, Andy made some good comments about the defensive line rotation and how well that's been working out for the Chiefs as far as defense. Uh, the defense is coming along. I found the compliments on the running backs interesting, really highly complimentary of LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams. And what I found particularly interesting about it this week is that Reed is going above and beyond to commend LaShawn McCoy for pushing through that ankle injury. And that could just be a compliment for him, but I wonder if there's more to it because Damian Williams has now been out for two weeks running. I'm talking to you right now on Wednesday night. He missed practice today. That's the fourth straight practice missed. And Reed really said he was proud of McCoy, the 31-year-old, who sounded like did extra treatment to get back on the field. You wonder if there's an extra message uh, that he's sending to perhaps another player on the team, another player at the same position. It does just make you wonder. All right, after the break, we're going to keep from the podium rolling with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. We'll be right back. Did we make too much of a big deal about playing in a dome? You played in one a few times. Is there a tangible difference in things you can do better in a dome? Um, I think other than if it's like raining or, or snowing outside, then I, I don't think it makes too big of a difference. Uh, I, I know when it gets out there, you still have to play football. You still have to make the throws. And uh, uh, I've played in it a couple times. And, I mean, it feels like just any other football game. Pat, uh, I know you played with uh, Darrell Williams for a couple years now. But mm. did you learn anything about him? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily learned. I mean, I already knew that. I mean, he was a, he's a playmaker. He's a guy that when he gets his opportunities, he makes plays. And you saw it a little bit at the end of last season whenever he uh, he got in the game and he was ready to go after not playing really the whole season until then. And then now uh, him getting in, he, he's always prepared. He always makes sure that he's ready to go. And when he gets opportunity, he, he makes the most of it. Patrick, on the play with McCall where he's wide open, it seemed like maybe you kind of anticipated that he would be open and, and look the defense off. Can you kind of just take me through that a little bit? Um, not necessarily. I actually was thinking about throwing uh, Sammy over the middle, and that, that was kind of my first read. And as I went to throw it to him, I saw the safety jump jump him, so I just shot it right over his head to McColl. And so that just goes goes through the progression of the read. I mean, you you know where you're thinking uh, off off the before the snap, but you have to play it out when the snap goes and take what the defense gives you. Yeah, what has uh, Lashawn McCoy meant to the team both on and off the field since he, he's gotten here? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he fit in perfectly, first off. I mean, his his mentality, his attitude, I mean, he's a guy who loves this game. He loves playing playing football with guys that love playing it with him. And so uh, for him, he's, he's added that veteran veteran leadership, of course, of uh, being here, and he, he knows how to go out there and have success. Uh, but he's someone that has added a, another guy in the locker room that you can you can really uh, gel with and have a lot of success with. Is there is there anything, Patrick, that you've noticed this year to last year where if you're watching film of the opponent, it seems to come quicker to you in terms of just sort of seeing how they maybe scheme against a similar opponent before facing you? Yeah, I think just 
seeing stuff that they've done either to us in the, the past or, like you said, similar opponents, it, it helps me just knowing that I've seen those looks before and I understand what the defense is trying to get you to do in, in order to make a mistake. And so just being able to eliminate those uh, before you even hit the field is something that uh, I feel like I've picked up on faster this season. Along those same lines, Patrick, obviously the, the Lions come off a game where they played the Eagles. Eagles, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson coming from the Andy Reid tree. What, what, what's jumped out? about you when you looked at that Lions defense and how they, they defended against the Eagles offense. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they played physical football. They, they played a lot of man coverage. They they really got up in everybody's face, and then they, they stopped the run game for the most part. And I think the biggest thing they did against the Eagles was they capitalized on turnovers, and, and I think that was a big thing that they, they focused on is trying to get that ball out, if it's interceptions or if it's trying to strip the ball from the, the guys running with it. Uh, that's a big thing that they, they, they capitalized on, and so we're going to try to protect the ball and move the ball down the field. Patrick McCall's had two really big games. How have you seen him kind of evolve over the last few games? Yeah, I mean, he's getting more and more comfortable every single week. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you're in this offense. I mean, Coach Reed throws a lot at you, and so for, for a while you're kind of trying to figure it out and play, but he's he's picking up stuff fast, not making the same mistakes, and I think the more he picks up, the faster you can see him play on the field. What's it like for you in a week like this when you're studying an opponent you haven't faced before? Everyone you faced earlier this year, you played them last year. What's that kind of first look at a team like? Has it changed your week at all in studying? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, um the thing with uh, playing this opponent is, I mean, we've played the Patriots a couple times, and, and Patricia was there that, that my rookie season uh, with the Patriots. So you're able to look back at stuff they did against us then and then all the way to the stuff they do now versus the teams that play similar offenses that we that we have. And so I think just preparing that way, I mean, obviously when you get to the field, it'll be a little different not being a team that you've played before, but I'm still preparing myself in order to have success whenever I get out there. Looking back at the state, it kind of seemed like you were a little bit more uh, animated and demanding of some of your offensive teams. Is that a comfort thing, or just where are you at as far as is that something you developed over over the year and now feel comfortable maybe this year and some of last year? Just where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, I just you just want to have success on every single play, and that's something that I think we have as a, as a team is we, we hold each other accountable. It's not just me uh, saying stuff to those guys. I mean, they'll say stuff to me if, if I do something wrong, and 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 if you have that type of chemistry and you can talk to each other in that way and still respect each other and still love each other, then that's when you get the best out of each other. Pat, you talked about uh, Hardman's touchdown after the game, and you called it the Tyreek effect. So when you threw the ball, you knew that was six? Yeah, once he got in his hand, I knew there was a pretty good chance he was getting there. So, I mean, he's a, he's a fast guy. He, he plays really good with the ball. He gets the ball in his hand. So uh, just trying to get the ball to all those guys, and usually when they break it, it's, it's pretty much all over. The, the Lions have a guy who I think you two had an issue when you were in school, when you played in college. Are you guys good now, or, or do you anticipate any problems with him on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know if it was an issue. I mean, he just kind of knocked me out. <laughs> but uh, he, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was. A, he's a great player, uh, Quandre. I'm actually friends with him now, and uh, it, it's something where, uh, in the heat of the moment, there might have been a little issue. But I mean, when it comes to football, I mean, we're still guys that come from Texas that love playing this game. It seemed like there was some stuff on Twitter after that. Yeah, but that's just a rivalry. I mean, it's Texas versus Texas Tech. I mean, <laughs> we, we we get to beat them every now and then. So whenever we do, we like to puff our chest out a little bit. It's a big national push about you in the dome. Is there anything that you'll change preparation-wise? That you, now that you're playing and not outside for the first time as a pro? No, not, no, not at all. I mean, we, we practice inside, and I've played a few games inside before, and we played the preseason last year inside. So, I mean, you just prepare like if it's any other football game, and I think that's how you do regardless if you're in the dome, if it's snowing, if it's raining. You just have to make sure that you're ready to have success with whatever the elements or the circumstances are. Do you know any difference? Do you see any difference from your receivers in, a, in the home turf? 
I mean, they're always fast. So, I mean, it, it, I don't know. They might be a little bit faster, but, uh, I mean, it's hard to beat the speed they already have. Patrick, what do you remember five years ago, June, when you got drafted by the Tigers? I know you tweeted out that you're going to Lubbock, but what was that night like? Yeah, it, it was it was cool. I was actually already in in Lubbock when I got drafted, and they called me and congratulated me. They they pretty much knew that I was I was going to play football at that at that point. But uh, it was still an awesome opportunity to get that to get that I don't know you say accomplishment of, of having that my whole entire life. And I appreciate them for for giving me that chance. Yeah, how was the how was the concert going experience? Uh, <laughs> no, it was cool. Uh, so uh, I had been in touch with those guys before, and uh, for to see them in concert, I mean, it was it was awesome. They were they were going they were going hard the whole time. It was I probably couldn't hear it for the next day, I guess, because it was so loud. But uh, I mean, those those guys have, have had a lot of success for a long time now, so I was glad to be a part of that. If you how hard was it to do that on day of a game? I mean, were you were you pretty wiped out? Yeah, I mean, but it's a little bit better when you win. So I, I wasn't—I might have not made it there if we'd have lost the game. But since we won, I, I was still in a good mood. If you had to start a boy band with some of your teammates, who would it be and why? I mean, obviously Travis. I mean, that, that's, he's the lead singer. He's the, he's the guy, the guy that gets everybody going. And then uh, I don't know, Brashad Breeland maybe. So someone like that. Okay. So that's Patrick Mahomes and his press availability leading into the Detroit Lions on Sunday. And the quote that jumped out to me was this talk of McCall Hardman having that Tyreek effect. And McCall Hardman was drafted, and at the time it seemed like to be a potential replacement for Tyreek Hill. Hill ended up being back with the team, prolonging McCall's development a little bit. But Tyreek got injured, and here he is in the fire, and he's really performing at a level I don't know if even the Chiefs expected, and so you know that Mahomes is grateful to have that weapon while Hill is out, and man, this is going to be some offense when they're clicking on all cylinders. Hill comes back in the mix, and you have Watkins and Kelsey and Hardman and Hill and Robinson and Shady and Damian. It's just going to be a force to be reckoned with, and I think a lot of Chiefs fans look forward to that. Like Reed, a lot of compliments for Shady McCoy and, and Daryl Williams. You you heard that there's a little bit of a rivalry renewed this weekend with Quandre Diggs on the Lions. There was a little bit of back and forth uh, during college, and so that'll be a fun little battle. Uh, when it comes to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, we'll be back with the coordinator version of From the Podium Friday morning, and that will lead you into the AP Laboratory Preview posted sometime Friday afternoon. As for now, I thank you for listening. My name is Pete Sweeney, and we'll catch you at OurHeadPride.com.